0: Hands together and welcome Brother Jonathan Shepard.
1: Come on, let's turn that to Jesus tonight. Let's give the one who deserves it all the praise in this house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe God can do something special on a Wednesday night? I serve a God that's more than just a Sunday night God. Just more than a Sunday morning God. Amen. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. It is an awesome, awesome opportunity to be in this place today. And uh, I could probably say I've driven, I've driven farther than anyone else to be here tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if we'd come a few days earlier, your pastor would have beat me. Amen. Hallelujah. But it is a tremendous honor to be in the house of the Lord today. And I have been tremendously looking forward to coming to Potts Camp. Hallelujah. didn't know if I would ever find it. felt like i was going back home just it was green everywhere and uh (laughs) we live right out in the middle of the desert you have to be going to our place to find it as well amen and uh we have just a couple stoplights in the whole city and uh and so we are thankful and i was honored to meet your absolute awesome man of god in Lebanon. Amen. And uh, man, he preached the house down. Hallelujah. And I know he does that here. And uh, you don't know it, but you get watched a lot by a lot of people around the world. And uh, before I ever met you, I was watching you online. It'd be amazing what you look like online, praise God. <laughs> Watching this guy with that camera, and I said, there's that guy. He's the one making all this happen. He's moving around. Hey, Amen. <laughs> Say, oh, Lord. <laughs> but it's an honor to be here today. Amen. And I'm thankful to be with my precious, precious wife and family. Amen. I love them tremendously. Thank God for what he's doing. All over the world, Amen. How many believe God can do something awesome in this place today? Hallelujah, Amen. And uh, we want to sing a song for you tonight. <laughs> now, is it? Do we have any Arabic-speaking people in the house today? Assalamu alaikum, Rabbi barakum. ala Ismi Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Hallelujah, Sister Shepherd. Well, if you know the song, you can sing it with us. This song simply says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You going to play it for us tonight? <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to do it. <laughs> Praise God. Say something, Sister Shepherd. Testify.
2: Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here tonight. I thank um, thank God for the opportunity one more time to be in his presence, to feel the presence of God that I can. I thank God that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same anywhere in the world. And the same God that I feel here tonight is the same God I feel in Jordan. And I thank God that I know him and I know his name. And I thank God that we have that saving name, that powerful name. Y'all worship with us as we sing.
1: Praise God. Praise God. Amen. That song just simply says beautiful, 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 beautiful is the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. In the name of Jesus, there is peace. There is hope. There is salvation. There is healing. There is the name that is beautiful. The beautiful name of Jesus. Is anybody thankful you know the name of Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. And the word of God is true. There is no salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Muhammad cannot save you. Buddha cannot save you. Uh, Confucius cannot save you. Uh, amen. And I don't know if you understand it, but uh, uh, Donald Trump cannot save you. Uh, but Jesus uh, can save us. Uh, Jesus uh, can reach down uh, where nobody else can reach down uh, and pick you up uh, and turn you around uh, and place your feet uh, upon solid ground. Uh, I thank God. Hey, hey, hey. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Well, God bless you tonight. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you can see me over this little short. You got one of them little stools? Praise God. Hey, praise God. Amen. I said, I don't even know if I'll be able to see over this thing. I need one of them little kindergartner stools Stand back here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. But uh, it truly is an honor to be here tonight. And uh, I thank God for your, again, for your wonderful man of God allowing me this opportunity to come and minister to this awesome congregation of people. Hallelujah. You know, we live, as your pastor has already mentioned, we live in the country of Jordan. Jordan is where the gospel started. It was on this side of the Jordan that John the Baptist began to baptize. And he said, I baptize you with water, but there is coming another after me who is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That was in Jordan. So the gospel was first preached in our country and came To the United States of America. So you came tonight to have a foreign missionary service, but in reality, I'm not the foreign missionary. It started where we are and came to here. So I want to say hello, foreign missionaries. I'm glad to be in service with you tonight. In reality, you are the foreign missionaries. If you come where we are, they would look at you and say, You're a foreigner.
3: <laughs>
1: Pods Camp, Mississippi is a mission field. And you're the missionaries that God has placed in this mission field. You're the people that God has ordained and designed to reach your city. And the people in your city, from the greatest to the least, from the richest to the poorest, a man from those that know God to those that believe and know God, you are ordained and chosen. God did not make a mistake when he brought you to Potts Camp, Mississippi, and placed you in this church of Bethlehem. the house of bread so hello missionaries 12 years old I've never been here before so I'm going to try to keep, catch up real fast he said I had to be done in 15 minutes so the food didn't get cold hallelujah God took me to the Middle East with my parents I was 12 years old I walked into a city I did not know anything about. Everything was different. Food, different culture was different. The food was different. The people were different. Uh, I didn't understand anything and didn't know anything. Uh, Amen. We got there and I was, for many years, in my teenage years, I was not just the only young person that was Christian or an apostolic Christian in my city. I was not just the only young person that was Holy Ghost fi- just, yeah, <laughs> just in my city Holy Ghost filled and baptized in Jesus name. I was the only one in the entire country wow. yeah. baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost at 12 years old. And I went from 12 to 19 years old, being the only one that I knew of, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you something, young people, today. You can make it if you want to make it. You can be saved if you want to be saved. You can be used of God if you want to be used of God. Hallelujah. You can't look around and say, well, I do it because so-and-so does it. Amen. There has to be something in your heart that says, I do it because I love him. I do it because I love him. Hallelujah. I could tell stories today where I was standing in the street 13 and 14 years old. We didn't have very many Christians hardly at all in our city. Our country's 98 .5 percent close Muslim. We got about 1.5 percent Christian in our entire country. I remember praying God, I don't want to live here all by myself with no friends. I was 13, then 14 years old at the time, sitting at home all by myself. I said, God, I don't want to live like this. And I went out on the street. A man would just, I bought a bicycle. I got to hurry. There's too many stories. I was riding my bicycle down the road, and a gang of Arab boys, Muslim boys, standing across the street picked up rocks and began to hurl them at me. And I know all of you, Righteous people here, you would have just said, Thank you, Jesus, bless those boys. But that wasn't me. I was raised in the red sands of Alabama. And uh, that was just fighting terms right there. That was fighting terms. I said, All right. Nobody knew where I was at. Mom and dad didn't know where I was, and I was fixing to jump into a herd of boys that would rather see me dead than alive. I turned my bicycle around like an idiot. Can y'all use this word here? Hey, man, I don't know. It's been used. (laughs) Well, as long as you're referring to yourself, I guess it's okay. (laughs) so like an idiot I took off and I ran right in the middle of those boys and they go are you a foreigner I said I sure am that was the dumbest thing to say I thought I was dead right there in the street but in the middle of that street that four lane highway those boys dropped those rocks and I started making friends It was the craziest thing, man. They dropped those rocks and they said, "Well, this boy ain't scared. Because you see in the Middle East, there's one thing they hate, and that is weakness. They will push you and push you to see how far they can push you. Till now. (laughs) I made friends that day in the middle of that street. And at 13 and 14 years old, right down in that same area, all by myself again, another day, those boys gathered around me and they said, how do you pray? If y'all don't know how Muslims pray, I ain't going to get on the floor, you get the point. They said, how do you pray? And in the middle of that street, I raised my hands And they started laughing. But they'd never seen anybody pray like that before. They had never seen, they'd never, in that city, they had never seen anybody pray different than getting on their knees. But there's something beginning to break in that city. And though they may not have ever really got a hold of it, they would look at you and say, you're different. (laughs) you're different, but there's something good different about you. And everywhere I walk, hey, there's no need for you to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Hey, man, let me tell you, if you'll just stand up. Hey, man, just stand up and stand out. You're not called to fit in. You're not called to be like everybody else. You're not called to fear. You're not called to shame, young people. You just stand up and stand out, and God will bring you authority in your city. Don't ever make that excuse, I'm too young. I don't know much. Look, I couldn't even speak the language. You can be a witness without ever opening your mouth. You can just live it, and God will honor it. Woo! The time I turn 19 years old, I was ready to get out of there, brother. I'm gone, people. Hallelujah. I told mom and dad, I said, get me out of here. I need to go back to the States. I'll be back. I met my wife. And for seven years, (laughs) I didn't go back. (laughs) And I wasn't planning on going back either. God had blessed us. I had a good job. I was doing fine. God began to work in ways. Brother, they started moving me to go back to the Middle East. And I said, God, I don't want to go back to them crazy people. Right. Oh, I know some of you, the Lord calls you you're like, "Whoa, yes. Mm, I, yeah, I'm ready to go. Mm. Uh-huh. Don't lie to me. Hallelujah. I'm just going to be real tonight. I don't know how any way else to be than real. And I said, God, I ain't going. I don't want to go back to the Middle East. My mom and dad had already come back to the United States, took pastor to the church in Alabama, and I said, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be wonderful. I'm just going to stay here with my family and enjoy life. And God said, no, you ain't. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you ain't. One night I was sitting on the platform 20, about 26 years old. I wasn't a preacher. I wasn't an evangelist. I was just trying to be a saint. And God said, I want you to go to Jordan, I ain't going. Sitting on that platform, God gave me a vision. and I was standing before the throne of God. It's never happened before, never happened since like this. I was standing on, standing before the throne of God and there were two young teenage Arab boys standing across from me. And I was standing on this side, they were standing right there and they were pointing their finger in my face and they were crying and they, I can't can't explain it, they were crying, hatred filling their face, hurt filling their face. And they said, it's because of you that we're going to hell. You didn't come and you didn't tell us and you had the gospel. And just like that, it was gone. And Brother V, I said, God, I don't want anybody to go to hell because of me. I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. But God, God, if you'll go with me, I'll go. Sold everything. October. 2012, we flew over into Jordan. And I said, God, I don't know what to do here. We didn't go on deputation. We didn't try to raise money. I didn't try to do anything. I said, Lord, if this is you, you'll keep us. And if it's not... that's no problem to me I'd go right back home because that's where I wanted to stay anyways oh I know all you wonderful people you never tried God like that I did we went over there flew into our city before we even got out of the Amman airport my wife looked at me and said I'm ready to go home <laughs> she said this is not what I thought I said baby you're already here you might as well figure out what it's going to be about we get there three days after we get there brother five hoodlums break into the church break into our home steal all the church money steal all the electronics and I said now I'm mad I know you little sweet people never, you better get mad sometimes. I got mad, but I wasn't mad at them. I was mad at the devil. I said, oh, no, Mm -mm. you're not about to run me out of the city that easy. I said, now the devil knows we're here and he is mad. So I said, God, you're going to take care of this. (laughs) We are not allowed to be a legal church in our city. We are not allowed to be a church. Now, in other places, they're allowed, but in Jordan, you're not allowed. We're not allowed to be a legal church there in our city. But I'd met a young man, and I told him, I said, I called him, I said, man, they broke into our house and stole everything. He said, hold on, I'll be right there. I thought just he was coming. He showed up with half the squad of the secret police in our city to a church that's not supposed to be there. And I said, "Oh Jesus, this ain't good." I've not even got here one week, and we figured get thrown in jail. (laughs) They came in, brother. They started finger dusting everything in the whole entire house it was so black brother you couldn't walk through the whole house man it was it was dirty everywhere they walked through and all of them in black dressed in black just looking around I said oh god please blind their eyes don't let them see anything that's going on please well they walked around act like they saw absolutely nothing and said you know what we'll never find your stuff I said yes you will that's God's stuff I went immediately into fasting and praying less than 24 hours he called me 2 o'clock in the morning and he said you'll never believe this I think we just found everything that was stolen and he showed up and God brought it all back I said, all right, God, here we go. This is going to be good. It's going to be, look, nothing comes easy without a fight. God began to work. We didn't come back to the States. And God began to work, and we got to the point where we didn't have any money left for bills. Now, you say, why are you talking about this? Don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to tell you a miracle story. I'm not... (laughs) I said, God, if you're done, I'm done. But Lord, if it's still your will for us to be here, Lord, we'll stay here. It's about three, four years later. My wife started thinking, well, I guess we're just going to pack up our stuff and get out of here. She's praying. We start getting ready to leave. A man calls that I would never heard from before. He said, is this Jonathan Shepard? And I said, yep, sure is. Well, there's a man that's heard about you and wants to support you. I said, praise God. I didn't want to say how excited I was. Right there in that moment, I didn't care if it was a a dollar. (laughs) Whatever. He said, well, he's going to call you. He called me. He said, are you you in Jordan? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I've heard about you. He said, and the Lord laid you on our heart, and we're going to support you. Such and such amount a month. And what he said blew my shoes off. (laughs) It was more than a dollar. It was two. Praise God. No, it was enough to pay the bills for the whole month. For the church and for our house. Now, that may not excite you, but the story's not over yet. Excited me. He talked to me just a little bit. He said, You know what? I've been in the state penitentiary since 1997, I'm in prison. He said, and I've been here for almost 20 years. And God laid you on our heart. God saved me in prison. And I've been preaching prison ministry since I've been in this prison. And God laid you on our heart. Let me tell you something, church. It doesn't matter if they're bond or if they're free. God can use anybody for his work around the world. Hallelujah. Amen. And so God put us in this. This is our church right here. We, li- we live in the top floor and have church in the bottom floor of a church that's not supposed to be there. But everybody in the city knows it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Muslims know it's there. The government knows it's there. And they've all tried to shut it down. But it's still there. By the grace of God. <laughs> So we've been praying. We got a little piece of land in the backyard. And I said, God, they've tried to run us out for the last nine years, and they've not succeeded. I said, God, I want to build a, a building in that backyard. It's not very big, but it's sure going to make the devil mad. And I said, Lord, if you'd grant us to do it. And we've been praying for nine years to do it. Nothing happened. I went to the government. Of course, they're Muslim. They don't want us to be there. The Christians what are few in the city. They don't want us to be there. They all said, no, it's impossible. You can't do it. You'll never be able to build a building back here. It's impossible. You might as well not even try. It's, the government won't allow it. On and on and on. We went to the government in our city. No, that's not possible. I said, I'm glad you said that. Because when they say it's impossible, that's time for God to work. I said, yeah, Lord. A few days before we was to come back to the States, I'm going to tell you. I've been discouraged. we prayed, we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I said, God, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. And I'm not going to show you some pictures just for the safety of some people. But I got a knock on the door. I opened up the door and a man stood there, an elderly gentleman. And he said, I heard you want to build a building back here. I said, I sure would like to. He said, I brought the city engineer with me today. And he's over this area. And he's the final word, if you can do it or not. I said, come on back. Let me show you what we got. He walked back there and I said, now I want a big building. He said, you can't have it. I said, I want a big building. I want at least two stories tall. I want to build a church back here. He said, you can't call that a church. I said, well, call it whatever you want to call it then. I'll call it a church. (laughs) I don't care what you call it. Hey, man, you can tell the government anything you want to. I'll call it a church. (laughs) He said, well, now we'll have to see about that. I said, well, all right. He said, we'll see what we can do, but no promises. We didn't hear anything from him. We fly to the States. And I said, God, please, Lord, if you're not going to, if you're not, I'm just going to be real. Can I be real? God, if you're not going to let us do anything there, just, just let me go somewhere else. That was on Monday night. Tuesday morning, I wake up and I'm walking around our little trailer God, please help us do something. My wife, she wakes up and she's just a couple seconds and she says, hey, Jonathan, you need to read this. She hands me her cell phone, Brother B. And I began to read it, Woo. and all of a sudden, something began to happen. Because right. it was a letter from that man that was standing on our doorstep that brought that engineer, and he said, "Hey, pastor brother, hey man," he said, "I'm uh, sorry for being late." He said, "But the building has been approved. The government has approved for you to build." In your face, devil. In your face, devil. And as far as I know, it'll be the first apostolic church built in the entire country if God will give us the liberty to get back and build it in your face, devil, right in the middle of COVID. Christ is working. Revival is coming around the world. And that picture right there, I didn't draw it. That Muslim engineer drew it. I didn't tell him what to draw. He said, How about this? I said, That's a good start. They may not want us there, and they may wish we were gone. But when God steps in, it doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what religion says. It doesn't matter what the Pope says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. When God says yes, nobody can say no. When you're walking in the will of God, when you're just trying to do the best you can do, amen, God will step in. And if you'll do the possible, God will do the impossible. (laughs) Come on, can somebody give the Lord some praise? Come on, missionaries. If the Lord will do it in a country that is bound, He'll do it in Potts Camp, Mississippi. God will bring revival. Hallelujah. Praise God. We live in the 10 and 40 window. The 10 and 40 window is a place, have you studied? The longitude and latitude that gives it its name. 69% of the world's population lives in this window. Four billion people. of the world's poorest people in the world live right here. Nearly 3 billion of them have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 3 billion have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never. Of all the missionaries that are sent into the world... Only 3% of missionaries are sent to this area. Even though it has 69% of the world's population. And 1% of all finances to world missions are sent to that window. That I know of. We have 10 million people. In our country alone. And there's only two churches in the entire country. And some of them have shut down. One of them has shut down during COVID. There's such a great work to do. There's such a great work to do. We've got young people. In this church that God has blessed us with in nine years, we've had 27 nations from around the world walk into this church, a church that has no sign, a church that's not supposed to be there, but 27 nations have walked into this place, and we baptize them in Jesus' name and watch them get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, amen, and God has been doing a tremendous work in this little building. We went, and of course, we look a little different, amen. (laughs) People look at me, and they don't know where I'm from. (laughs) They think all Americans are supposed to be tall like Brother Vasquez, muscular, beautiful, head full of hair. Oh I mean, uh <laughs> I'm sorry,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said I still ain't read that check. <laughs> Hallelujah, silver and gold have I none? Amen. <laughs> They look at us and they say, I don't know where in the world you guys are from. And uh, we come in and you come into our church, we're, we're the only white people in the church. <laughs> we, we're the only ones, brother. Just us. We went to Kenya went to a place where nobody ever was that was white out in Meru, way out in the village. And they looked at us, and everywhere we go, they go, Hey, Mazungu. Mazungu. Oh, 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 Mazungu. I said, What's Mazungu? That just means white dude. <laughs> so everywhere we went, we was known as the white dude. Mazungu. <laughs> I said, That's me. Amen. Hey, you know who they're talking about. Praise God. And uh, so. You guys make me feel at home. Amen. (laughs) I feel good at home. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But in the Middle Eastern culture, I'm going to try to hurry tonight. My wife's pushing me along, and that's probably a good thing. In the Middle Eastern culture where we are in Jordan, they may not be able to come to church because they're not allowed to. But even though Muslims, I know a lot of times when you think about Muslims, you know, how, how many know, have you ever seen a Muslim? Anyone ever seen like Muslims in your city? Or How do you know they're Muslim? By the way they dress. They're obvious. They stand out. And the Muslims not ashamed, even when they come over here, where people really look at them. Uh, Oh, yeah, a lot of times people do that, because your idea of of them, we've we put them all in a box, you know. And those are those people that you see, and they go, "Allahu Akbar." That's what you think. (laughs) So people just kind of, oh, God, let me get out of this store real fast. And and we never, and I'm going to get to that here in just a minute because we've stereotyped a lot of them. Muslims are very religious people. And they're not ashamed to be Muslim. They're not ashamed to dress like a Muslim. Anywhere they go, you can tell that's a Muslim. Muslims pray five times a day. We got a mosque directly behind our house, and they start at 4: 30 in the morning, and they go to the mosque and pray. Five times a day they pray. Young people, five times a day, every day, and they don't have the Holy Ghost. I said, and they don't have the Holy Ghost. And Muslims don't even believe that their God is actually listening and going to interact with them, but they still go to the mosque five times a day and they pray and they fast. An entire month out of the year during Ramadan. For thirty days they fast. And the children, by the time they're eight and ten years old, they have memorized more than half of the Quran. Is anybody is this is this work? And young people, they don't have the Holy Ghost. When's the last time we got up at 4.30 in the morning every day and come to church and pray? And we say, we've got the Holy, oh, I got the Holy Ghost. Praise God, I got the Holy Ghost. I prayed five minutes, six weeks ago. When's the last time we fasted for more than three days? And we say, we've got the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I see it. It's hard to get a good Holy Ghost-filled young person to come to church and pray for 30 minutes before service. And I watch as those little boys dress in their little galabias, and they walk with their daddy to the mosque. Amen. And they're excited about it. Amen. Where are you going? I'm going to pray. Amen. They're not ashamed. You come to the Middle East when you go in their shops. When it's prayer time, they roll out their rugs. And it doesn't matter if they have a whole line of customers. It's time to pray. You can wait. And they don't have the Holy Ghost. When they go to the mosque, Brother V, they don't carry their cell phones. They don't even wear their shoes. And there's another message in that. That's a Middle Eastern culture thing. They don't take their cell phones to church because I've asked them, you don't take your phone? No, uh, that's God's time. And they don't have the Holy Ghost. God help us, young people. God help us. Amen, that we don't look at it and say, well, uh, you know, I, I prayed one time yesterday. Uh, amen, there's been a whole group of people all over the world. Uh, amen, over one billion Muslims uh, that are praying five times every day. And I said, God, I don't want them to outpray me. And they don't even know you. They don't even believe you can actually Correspond with them and they still pray. What is our problem? Help us, God. <laughs> and I'm going to go on, Sister Shepherd. So we go to their homes. Because really, Muslims are very hospitable people. They really are. They're some of the best people in the world when you get to know them. And you go into their homes and they're going to give you tea. They're going to give you coffee. They're going to give you fruits. They're going to make sure you don't leave and say, I'm hungry. And so you go in there and that's your opportunity to begin to spread the gospel to them. I know a lot of people from around the world, they're coming to the United States whether we like it or not. And we can get mad and say, "Oh, they need to help me!" Yeah, God, they need to stay in their own country. Let me tell you something: the only hope they have is to get out of those countries where they can come to a place they can have some freedom and a church and a people that will say, "Hey, I'm not going to look at them. I'm not going to stereotype them. I'm going to bring Jesus to them. I'm going to invite them to church. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to believe God can give them the Holy Ghost." You're missionaries. It's all about souls. You know, I'm so excited. I see a lot of different nationalities in this place today. But I want to encourage you something tonight. Just because it's weird doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because it's different than American culture doesn't mean that it's against Christ's culture. When you go to the Middle East, they're going to kiss you on the cheek. The guys are going to, you know what it's like. They're going to greet you, man, and they're going to kiss you on the cheek on this side, brother. They're going to kiss you on that side. And if they really like you, they're going to kiss you more than once. Oh, no. Look at him shaking his head. Stay away from me. Oh, no. That's what I thought when I first went over there, brother. Oh, no. I'm a red-blooded Alabama Southern boy. You ain't going to kiss me. But I said, God, if it's what I have to do in order to see somebody saved, I'll do it. I'll go to their home and I'll eat their food. Brother Vasquez, and in Jordan, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but in Jordan, they really like you. Now, they serve a lot of rice and chicken and Soups, And we got a special one in Jordan. It's called Mensif. It's a Jordanian dish. It's a national Jordanian dish. And if they really love you, when you go to their home, they're going to make you Mensif. And they're going to mix it up with their own hand. And they're going to put it in your mouth. Yeah, that's the response we get from most people. They'll drink out of a cup and fill the same cup up and hand it to you.
2: Huh?
1: Tell them I'm fasting. <laughs> 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 that's all right. Don't <laughs> wait till tomorrow. No, but you know what? You go into their homes and they are they're there to honor you. And that's a sign of honor and friendship. And as hard as it is. Oh, I don't like it more than you do. I don't know where those fingers have been. <laughs> I don't like it anymore than you do. But you know what you do? You suck it up. Old Pods Camp Country boy right here. Lingo. You suck it up. And you just eat it right off their fingers. And you just take that cup and you drink it. And you say, In Jesus' name. (laughs) No, it's not easy. But if I can win one, I've got to put my comfort out. I've got to put myself out. I've got to crucify myself. I've got to crucify my flesh. I've got to crucify me. I've got to crucify my desires. Amen. And say, God, hallelujah, if I can just win one. Lord, you was there. You exposed yourself. Amen. Sinners washed your feet and people laughed at you. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. They exposed you. They beat you. They they shamed you. They tormented you. God, and you said we're supposed to pick up the same cross and follow you. God help me. Lord, to crucify myself and crucify my flesh and crucify my culture, Lord that I can win somebody. Just cuz it's weird don't mean it's wrong. I get there 2 weeks after we arrive in Jordan. I went to a little falafel stand, started picking up some food. We were the only ones having church by ourselves, brother. I said, God, I don't even know where to start. Standing at that falafel stand, I saw a young boy come around the corner, 16, 17 years old. And something hit me right in my heart. Because it was that boy I saw in my vision sitting on the platform in Alabama. And I said, Oh God, oh God, something good's beginning to happen. He walked up to me. He said, Hey, we started talking. I told him, I said, Man, we're here. We're gonna have a youth group. He said, You're gonna have it, you have a youth group yet? I said, Yep. <laughs> He said, when? I said, whenever you want. <laughs> Your call. He said, what about Friday, 7 o'clock? I said, that's a good time to me. I wouldn't care if it was 2 o'clock in the morning. That had been a good time to me. He showed up Friday, 7 o'clock. I heard a noise outside. And I said, oh, goodness, what's going on? And he brought seven other young people with him. And I watched as they started coming through the door. Another young man walked in behind him, and it was the other young man in my vision. Hallelujah, and both of them have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, let me tell you something. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want anybody to go to hell because of me. I may not be good. I may not know how to do it, but I know the Acts 2.38 message. Hallelujah, I can preach it. If I don't know anything else, the message still works. The simple word of God still works. Hallelujah. So young people begin to come in. I can't tell you all this and what happened in 9 years. I'm gonna too many miracles. But young people, every time you walk into this place, you ought to thank God that you have a seat in the house of God. You have no idea today how many young people wish they could sit where you're sitting. You have no idea today how many young people wish they could feel what you have felt just in this service tonight. These young people right here, we still have honor killings in our country. They'll kill you if you convert from Islam to Christianity. And there's no problem with it. The government won't say a word. And we've got young people that wish every day I wish I could come to church I wish I, I wish they'd let me get baptized I wish I could be in one service and feel what you feel and these young people I, they told me they requested they said when you go back to America please tell those young people to pray for us. Just this past year, a young lady, she made a bad score on her college exam. She came home and her dad picked up a metal wire And he beat her until her lifeless body lay on the ground. In our country. How many days did he get? About 15 days. It was an honor killing because he dishonored the family. She had dishonored the family. little girl crying to her daddy. He was mad and upset. He picked up a rock and he beat her in the head. Now I know this ain't pretty. This is what we live with. And while she was laying there breathing her last breath, he sat down and he picked up a cup of tea, Brother Vasquez. And he's drinking and didn't get no time. Because it was somehow considered an honor kill. And these young people, they come. This young lady over here on the right, left. She said, I'm gonna come to church as much as I can. She said, but when my brother's here, he forbids me to come. I can't be here. Young girl over here on the right, 23 years old. comes and she's crying and the Lord's using her. Now she's our interpreter when she's able to come. But she come crying not just a few days ago before we came. She said, she said, Pastor, she said, please, please pray for me. She said, my parents are trying to force me to get married and I don't want to get married to a man that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. I don't want to get married and lose my anointing and lose my calling and lose my purpose. You see, but young people, when you come to Jordan, you don't have the opportunity to marry who you want to marry. Girls, it's arranged marriages to this day. Young men, it's still arranged marriages. You don't get to marry who you want to marry. Mom and dad chooses who you're going to marry. And you may not like it, but you have to deal with it. And they tell you who you're going to make. Let me tell you, young people, you better thank God every day that you live in a United States of America that's still free. Where you can come and you can worship the Lord. And I watch some of you young people, amen, out here worshiping God. And these young people wish every day that they could worship like you worship. They don't know if they're gonna make it home that day. They don't know what's gonna happen. I've had them crying many times. I've got to hurry and get home. They just called me. i got to get home. i got to get home. They don't tell their parents where they're going. They go out on the town. They say, I'm going to town. I'm going to go buy something. Amen. And they'll run to church as fast as they can just to get in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And for a few minutes, they sit there and they pray and they cry. And then they turn around and run out. Hallelujah. So they can get home on time. So nobody will find out where they've been. Let me tell you something, young people. Hallelujah. You oughtn't to just come dragging into the church saying. praise God it's just another opportunity to be in the house of the Lord there ought to be something in you that says I thank God I was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the Lord every time you walk in here There'll be something in us. He says, let me get up here and let me dance. <laughs> let me work. Look, if you don't want to do it for you, do it for somebody who can't. Do it for a young person who can't. Do it for a young man who can't. Hallelujah, brother. Hey, man, just get up here and say, hey, hey, hallelujah, I'm going to do something for somebody. Brother, where we are, we don't have time to have halfway church. Every service has to count. Because when they walk in, They may never be able to walk in again. It may be the last service they're ever in. It may be the last opportunity they ever get to to be in the church. Amen. And when they walk in, hallelujah, it's go time. It's no set down time. It's salvation time. Today is the day of salvation. We cannot afford to have halfway church in any service. You never know the last time somebody's going to be there. And in this country, I'm finishing, I'm not going to get done with all the slides. these precious children God has brought in. But I want to show you tonight as we end, in a land, in a country, where I walked in and I said, God, I don't know how to do this. I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not anybody, but God, I'm willing. God, I'm willing. I'll go in there and I'll try my best. I don't know how to do it. If you learn how to do it, you've already messed up. Because when you walk by faith, it's only by sight and not what you know. And in a country where they say it's impossible, in a place that they said you can never do anything, God has begun a great work. And here's just a little bit of what God has done. missionaries. What are you going to do in your city? Young people, what are you going to do? By the help and the grace of God, I don't want anybody to say I'm going to hell because of you. yeah, we live among terrorists. But the only thing that'll change them is truth. And there's a call tonight. I, I know it's a Wednesday night. For young people, middle-aged people, God can do it in a city there's no freedom God can do it in this place where there is if somebody would just go out and lift your hands in the middle of your school and not be ashamed and go out and reach a soul let me tell you something the gospel works everywhere you go Is there any young people tonight? Is there anybody tonight? Is there any missionaries in this house today that are willing to say, I'm going to step out? I'm going to do a little more. I may not be a preacher. The prophet said, I wasn't a prophet and I wasn't the son of a prophet, but I was called. I had a purpose. And young people, you got a purpose tonight. I'm looking at some future missionaries if the Lord don't come. Future called. Some preachers. Some good men. If somewhere you just step up. say, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do, even if I don't know how. Is there any young people that would pray for some other young people? Okay, if we could take about five minutes and some young people, people that say, God, I want to reach myself. I want to do more. I know it's supposed to be a missionary service, but I'm on a mission to put some fire back in some missionaries. Come on, missionaries. It's more than just jumping up and down on a platform. only reach certain people only you can reach those that you touch (laughs) no wait on somebody else Somebody. Holy Ghost is want to touch somebody. an altar call but a call to altar
0: Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord and surrender right now. He's moving in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I feel the burden of the Lord here. I feel like God's sharing his heart with us tonight. Somebody that can feel your heartbeat, Lord. I don't want to think like I think, I want to think like you think, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shepherd, my wife, and I are going to give $2,500 to your building program. If there's anyone else who wants to make a pledge, you're welcome to do so. If you want to think about it, you want to go home and talk to your wife or husband about it. Come back Sunday with with a pledge or with a check or with cash. We'll make sure Brother Shepherd gets that but I want us to lift our hands one more time and I want us to pray for this work, this church that's not supposed to be there legally, but that God said it's supposed to be there. Can you pray for the shepherd family and the church in Jordan, the members of the church? In the name of Jesus, God, I pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You make a way, God. Lord, you build that building and you fill it up, Lord, work, Lord. Touch this missionary and his family, God. Touch this man of God and his wife and children, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, you keep your hand of protection on them. God, let your voice speak through them. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, I plead the blood over them and their work and their church, oh God. I pray, let the angels of the Lord be with them, God. In the name of Jesus, for your work and for your glory, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. How many have enjoyed Brother Shepherd being with us tonight? How I many is going to keep them in prayer and continue to pray that God use them and be with them? Amen. 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 Reach over and lay your hand on the person next to you, and I want you to pray for them now. Pray the Lord have His way in their life. Run in this service. Not praying for ourselves, but for praying for our brothers and sisters. God, I pray your blessing on them. I pray your hand on them. I pray you use them and keep them and be with them, Lord. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Bless my brothers and sisters, God. Let your goodness and mercy and grace be on their life, God. Use them for your kingdom. Help us when we leave here to leave knowing we're missionaries to this community and to our cities, our workplaces, our schools, oh God. In the name of Jesus, amen. You're welcome to pray as long as you like. If you want to be dismissed, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.